So I want to give you a word of encouragement this morning from Psalms 40. Turn to Psalm 40. Stand with me when you find your place, if you will, to respect God's word. Psalm 40. Lord willing, start a series. We'll see. Um, But we'll start maybe a series of messages of encouragement this morning. And uh, this thought. In 2023, praise him, H-Y-M-N, as in the song. Psalms are hymns or songs to the Lord. They're praise hymns, praising him for who he is. And so we'll start here, Lord willing, Psalm 40 this morning, verse number one. The Bible says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, And set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Brother Jeremy, would you bless this uh, message for us this morning? Praise him. This is a song of praise to God for his deliverance and thankfulness for what he's done in the life of the psalmist. And I'd say that we could all identify with that second verse where he says, He brought me up out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. That's a moment of change. That's a moment of salvation. Thank the Lord for that moment that he brought me out of that horrible pit that he took me from. And 20 years ago this year, he saved me. And I was just a little boy and honestly hadn't grown large enough to sin in the world as we would think about all these evil things you go and do. But the beautiful thing about salvation is that we come to that age and we come to that point where we realize if we are not saved, if we do not accept Christ as our Savior, we'll die and we'll go to hell. That's a scary thing to meet, even as a little boy. On my way home that night, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. On my way home from my grandparents' house on a Thursday night, I knew, man, if we, if we died right now in a car wreck, if my heart quit beating, I would die and go to hell. And how amazing that is and how, how huge that is for a little boy to consider But I come to the realization that I was sinful, that I needed Jesus Christ to save my soul. And praise God, he did. He pulled me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings. He set me forth in the right way, down the right path to serve him and live for him. But you know, I constantly strive to have that feeling of that day back in my life. That was the easiest day in my Christian walk. I was, I was on cloud nine, if you will, for a few weeks, for a few months after that. But you know, as time goes on, you get weary. Things are difficult. Time is just passing by, and as we experience new things and new difficulties in life, 
Sometimes it feels like we're sliding back into that pit <laughs> that God found us in. Sometimes it, it, it feels like that, that we're in that miry clay, stuck and and in difficulties and we can't move and, and there's there's hard times coming about us. And even as a Christian, sometimes we look back and think, well, Lord, it should be easier than this. But I'm reminded that the Christian life, as I've said, I said the other day telling someone, and it's been said before by many others, it's not a bed of roses. Anybody that's uh, selling the gospel of an easy Christian life is a liar. Because the reality is, is that there's persecution, there's difficulties, there's, there's hardships that come with being a Christian. There are difficulties that come with being a Christian you'll never face in your life outside of being a Christian. When you try to follow Christ and you try to carry his cross, you're going to face some difficulties and some circumstances that you would have been, su uh, you would have been subject to, you would have gotten out of, outside of the family of God. But it's important to remember that He'll bring us back up again. He'll pull us back out of the, the miry clay again. He'll set our feet and establish our goings again. He'll prepare us. He'll give us a new day. And I like what this says in, uh, in verse number three. And this is my thought this morning as we begin, Lord willing, maybe these series of messages. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. Now, when you become a Christian, when you're saved, there's different things that start coming out of this mouth. And sometimes it takes a while to really sound like a Christian. Sometimes there's, there's some old things that we used to come out we've got to get rid of. Sometimes years into your Christian life, there's still some old things that still pop up and come out. We're humans. But praise God for the new song of salvation. But you know, in the weary days of a Christian life, in the weary walk sometimes as a Christian, sometimes we need God to put a new song in our mouths. Lord, I need you to refresh, and a message I preached early on into, into coming to this church. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Sometimes we need to be reminded. Sometimes we need a kind of a little bit of a reset. And this comes perfectly on January the 1st, 2023, a period of time where the mindset in so many people is to have a New Year's resolution. Uh, the mindset of so many people is, well, I'm going to change my, my luck in 2023, I'm going to change my destiny in 2023. I'm going to change my ways in 2023. I'm going to change my fortune in 2023. People have the mindset of resolutions of things that they can do to change going forward and moving forward. But if you've ever had a resolution, most of the time they can fall to the wayside. February is when they start selling the candy for uh well they're, well, they're selling candy for uh, Valentine's Day in December now. But, <coughs> but you know, they, they sell that, all that candy in February. And it's like, well, I've done so well. I've had this resolution not to eat any candy. And then you go to the store and there's just candy everywhere. Well, in a moment of temptation, you grab one and there goes that goal to not any, eat any sugar. There goes that goal to lose weight. And it gets easy just to forget about it. I've got so many things going on. I'm too busy. I've got to reward myself. You know, is it, have you ever done that? I mean, I've done it. The best shape of my life I was ever in before when Shelby didn't really like me that much. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to get in the best shape of my life, and you're going to wish you're going to wish you to give me the time of day. And I did. I spent the first two or three months of the year before we started dating 
And, uh, man, I was in the best shape of my life. I was exercising, going into the gym 3, 3 o'clock, 3.30 every morning, exercising, working out, doing a, doing a great job eating. I tracked every calorie I ate. Man, I was doing so good. I lost so much weight. I was gaining muscle. Sam, I started thinking I was looking good. Here I am, can't even button my coat anymore. <laughs> but, you know, she started paying attention to me. Uh, later that year, we kind of made up for some, some hardships and some things we had done to one another. And, uh, you know, one of the first things to go was at 3.30 in the morning gym time. And uh, later on, we got married. And, man, I've been trying ever since. I've got to get, I gotta get back exercising. I've got to get back in the gym. I, every, every new year, I've got a new resolution. I've got to get back in shape. I've got to do all these things. But I get home to the home cooking and a warm bed, and I ain't getting up at 3.30 in the morning to go to the gym anymore. Man, you kidding me? I can eat this uh, chicken casserole, and I don't have to eat bland chicken with nothing but salt and pepper out of a can. I'm good. I'm going to enjoy this chicken casserole. And what, I say that because the reality is we have these resolutions. We have these good intentions, but things happen. Time, you know, stuff comes up. Things distract us. Things change our mind. Things bring our attention to something else. But, you know, in the Christian life, it is of utmost importance that... We make resolution with God, not just on the turn of a new year. It's just a good time to have a service like this. But we make a resolution each and every day to say, Lord, sometimes I'm down in the miry clay again. Lord, I fell down in the pit again. Lord, something horrible is going on. Something difficult is happening. And Lord, I need you to establish my goings. I need, to, need you to set my feet upon a rock again. Lord, I need you to put a new song in my mouth. And he says, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and trust in the Lord. Lord, I want my testimony back. I need you to fill me back up to where I used to be. And God, I don't want to just make a resolution with you because it's January 1st, 2023, and that's what other people are doing. And, and I, I don't want to just make a deal with you uh, so that I, I seem like I'm doing the right thing or so that I sound like other people. But Lord... I truly want you to give me the new song. So as we start in this thought of praise him, finding your song, that's the first point. That's the first step in making a decision to get back where you used to be. Making the choice to get back where you were with the Lord. I remember, and it still sticks out to me. I wish Shelby was in here. I got all kinds of embarrassing stuff to talk about this morning. But there was a girl one time I thought I was going to marry her, and thank God I didn't. But, man, I just I was head over heels with this girl, and I'd have, I'd have done anything, and I'd have listened to everything she ever said. But I remember her in Sunday school one day, she said, you know, I've been reading my Bible every morning, and it's helping me so much. And I was like, well, she's reading her Bible. I'm going to read my Bible every morning. And I did, and you know what? It helped me. It helped me to realize and to see my goodness, what am I doing with my time? I'm wasting my time. I'm not spending time with God. I'm not spending time in prayer. And the Lord put a new song in my heart and new desire and new joy uh, that he restored to me. And praise God that he could do that for us. But it was just something as simple as giving 25, 30 minutes every morning to study in my Bible. It's simple. I read a statistic yesterday that the average American spends four hours uh, watching videos on their phone a day. And then it gave a graph of how 
how much reading per day you have to do to be able to read your Bible in a year. Well, I've heard from some that have read their Bible last year and have started over and are, are reading their Bible all the way through. Praise God for that. You know, that takes a, takes a resolution, a serious resolution to say, Lord, I want to do this. I'm going to be dedicated to this. And you'll be amazed how getting up and praying and reading your Bible will change your everyday life. If you find that you're unhappy each and every day, if you find that you're angry each and every day, I would, I would want you to ask yourself, how often do you read, how often do you pray, and how often do you reflect on the things of God? That, those, right, those things right there, they will fix most any issue, any, any difficulty, or any problem. And if they don't fix them entirely, they'll give you the strength to continue and carry through. There's some hurt and there's some pain. Man, there's just nothing but time that will fix it. There's nothing that, but, but the touch of God that's going to heal that. And it's going to take time to fix that, that hardship in your life. But I assure you, if you can dedicate some time to study, if you can ded dedicate some time to prayer, if you can dedicate, in just a moment we'll talk about waiting and patience, if you can dedicate some time to those things, it'll change your experience each and every day. Now, the psalmist here, he is praising God for being brought up out of the miry clay. He's praising the Lord for setting his feet upon a rock and establishing his goings. But looking back, in, back into verse 1, he says, I waited patiently. That sticks out to me so much. He says, I waited patiently. We didn't just start out in verse 2 where he brought me up out of a horrible pit. Start out in verse 1 where he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Now, if you want to find new joy, if you want to restore your song, if you want to find your song of praise to the Lord each and every day, I would say first to consider how waiting is the path to joy. Waiting is the path to joy. I mentioned a few weeks ago a, a quote from my grandfather. He says, we, never, we are never wasting time when we're waiting on the Lord. We're never wasting time when we're waiting on the Lord. That is one of the hardest things in the world to do, is to wait. Spurgeon, uh, Sam mentioned Spurgeon this morning. Spurgeon said, Oh, that patience, every man thinks he has it until he needs it. How true is that? Every man thinks he has it until he needs it. And that's so true. We watch other people go through trials and go through tribulations and difficulties in life. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been through that kind of stuff before. I could deal with that if I needed to, but I guarantee you something comes up in my life, a difficulty or circumstance that's hardship, and I am just, I'm like a tornado. I'm just spinning around trying to figure out how to fix the problem, how, to, how, how Josh can intervene and make things right. Waiting is first the path to joy. He didn't just jump into being pulled out of the miry clay, Jeremy. He waited he waited. What are we waiting on when we're waiting for God? Sometimes we're waiting upon his will. Well, we're always waiting upon his will, but sometimes we're waiting on clarity for what his will is. Maybe that's what you're waiting on today is in your difficulty. You just haven't seen it. I'm so deep down in this pit, I just can't see out. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be living a redeeming, uh, overcoming, overcoming life. But I'm experiencing all this hardship. Maybe it's the will of God that you need to be waiting on. Maybe you can say, Lord, show me what your purpose is with my life. Lord, show me what your will is with my life. Because maybe that's the only thing that's going to 
uh, take to get you out of that miry clay and back on track serving the Lord. Wait upon his will. Some of you, maybe you're in the, the miry clay again and down in the pit. Maybe you just need to wait upon his word. Like I said, take time each and every day. There's an old song. Spend time with Jesus, something along those lines. I can't sing it. I don't remember the words. I just remember the, the harmony. I think Charlie Pride sang it one time. Spend time with Jesus. Spend time with him. I love podcasts. I love sports. So, therefore, I love podcasts. I listen to my sports podcasts on my way to work sometimes. I've been doing a lot more driving recently, driving out this way. I've had a lot of extra time. You know what? I've been filled up a lot more when I can set those worldly things aside and say, Lord, I'm going to dedicate this hour, two hours I'm going to spend in the car. That's two hours right there I can spend with God. Now, I've got to be careful because you all have heard me preach about 26. The snares of the devil, man, they're all over. But you know what? That's time I can spend with the Lord. Maybe it's listening to godly music. Maybe it's listening to uh, someone preach. Maybe it's listening to uh, something uh, spiritually beneficial. Maybe it's praying. Uh, please don't read your Bible driving down the road, but uh, Alexander Scorby can read it to you on your way down the road. Uh, maybe, maybe you just need quiet. Just spend time with him. Take your time and realize the moments you have are fleeting, and it's how you use them. You know what happens, unfortunately, when people drop off resolutions in the new year, they forget that time is fleeting. I've got a goal for February, but we don't get serious until the last week of January. And then what's the point? Or that one moment of weakness, that one moment of, of, of temptation with whatever it is, can ruin your hard work. You spend months working hard to get to a goal. One short moment, one bad decision, one weakness and a moment of temptation can ruin that work you've done. Utilize the time you've got. And don't think, well, I've got, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Your mind will run in circles to prevent you from spending time with the Lord. The devil loves using our mind against us. Maybe you're waiting upon his word. Spend your time with him in study, in prayer, if you really want to get serious about finding that joy again, if you really want to get serious about finding your song once again, spend time with him. Wait upon his word. You're not going to hear him if you fill your ears and your head with everything else in the world. You've got to spend your time with him. The moment is fleeting. Spend your time with him. Wait upon his word. And wait upon his way out. His way out. Man, when hardship comes up in my life, I am just, all right, how am I going to get out of this? That's part of my job in management. Something comes up. Nine times out, I get brought in when people are here, angry. I get brought into the situation long past the time when they could have been calmed down. I get brought into the situation when I mean, I'm like the, the bomb guy in, the, in the, the action movie, wiping the sweat away because I've got to defuse this bomb. That's me. My mind is inclined, and men were bad for this, especially. 
What's my way out? I'm a, I, I've told you I'm not a carpenter, but I'll start building a ladder. I'm in the pit. I'm going to figure a way out of this place. I'm more mechanically inclined. I might figure a way if I got a powerful enough uh, spring mechanism to shoot myself out of this pit. It's going to take a lot of force to get me out of this pit. But wait upon his way out. It's difficult when it's in the pit. And I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of just coming off a mountaintop with my spiritual life. It's easy right now to talk about this for me. But some of you, you're not. Some of you are still in the pit. Some of you are about to go into the pit. Preacher of ours used to say, you're either in a storm, in the eye of a storm, or coming out of a storm, or you're about to go back into a storm. I mean, that's just the reality of life as a Christian. You are just going, I mean, you're at, you're at one of those stages. It's a little easier for me right now, but I'm telling you what, when I'm back in the pit, I'm going to be looking for a way out, Josh's way out. I've got to remember, wait on his way out. He's got you in there for a reason. I don't know where Brother Ed is. I was going to mention smoking meat. You've got to give food time to cook, don't you? We're going to get on to patience, and I'll tell you a story about that in just a second. I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited. Now, waiting is hard. Sometimes we're forced to wait. It's being patient that's the choice. Being patient, that's the true choice. Now, verse 1, where he says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me. I think that's a neat thing because he says he inclined unto me. God was coming to him as he was waiting patiently. Remember, God inclines to your patience. If you can settle in your heart, Lord, I'm going to be patient in my walk. I'm going to be patient in my difficulties. Lord, I'm going to wait upon you. I'm going to wait on your way out. I'm going to wait on your word. There goes my lungs. <coughs> I'm going to wait on what you have for me in my life patiently. If you can settle that in your heart, he's going to incline to you. He's coming to you. He's coming to you. Verse 2, he says, he brought me up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He inclines to patience and he invests in patience. When you wait patiently upon him, he'll put that, he'll pull you out of that pit. He'll set your feet. Now, it might not be on the time scale that you think, but he invests in patience. Because when you wait on him, he'll be coming to you. When you're patient on him, with him, He'll pull you out of your situation. And he even instructs patience. James 1.4 But let patience have her perfect work, work that she may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Going back to the food situation. We live in a microwave world, don't we? And we complain about our food all the time. But you know, when we wait patiently, it's like smoking meat. Man, you wait on a brisket, 14, 15, 16, 17 hours. You pull that thing out, and I mean, it just pulls apart. You can pull it apart with your hands. I know this is just simple stuff, but you know, I, I'm, I know I can get to somebody's belly in here. That's worth waiting on, if you ask me. Now, I want some snacks in between. Tied me over. I'm a big guy. But you know what? It's worth it in the end. When I was a kid... I remember my grandmother, she was mixing up cornmeal 
I don't know if she was going to fry squash or make cornbread or something. And I come walking through the kitchen. And I think Mama was out in the backyard or in the garden or something. I come walking through the kitchen. Brother Sam, I wasn't the smartest kid. I've learned from my mistakes. I just took two fingers in that cornmeal mix, just ate a little handful of that stuff. That was the most bitter, awful, tasting thing I've ever ate in my life. I wasn't the smartest kid, but I didn't do that again. I learned from that. I don't remember what we ate after that. I don't know if she fried squash, made cornbread, or threw it out to the dogs. I don't know. But I wish I'd have waited. Had I waited patiently, I wouldn't have had a bitter memory from that moment in my life. I might be standing here telling you about cornbread or fried squash. But man, how awful that was. Buttermilk and cornmeal. Mmm. Had I just waited patiently. The final product is perfect. Mamma cooked it. You know it's good. Mamma cooked it. The final product is perfect. The pro final product is what is intended. But I wasn't patient. When we wait patiently on things, God will serve up some stuff to us in its intended form. You can get a hold of a good thing in the wrong time, and it'll leave you with a bitter memory. You can get a hold of a good thing in your timing, and you'll never enjoy it. You have to wait patiently upon the Lord. Now, verse 3 is where we find ourselves this morning. I'm almost done. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. That stuck out to me so much. Because I have three challenges for you this morning. As Spurgeon preached a message, I think it was August 18th, 1882, preached a message on this psalm. It's been one of the greatest blessings to me all those years ago. How true it is today. He says, Has it not been too much our desire that the Lord might make his will like our will rather than make our will like his? Have you not had a will of your own sometimes and a strong will too? He says, have you not been as the bullock accustomed to the yoke? He goes on and he says, Oh, patience. Oh, that patience. Every man thinks that he has it until he needs it. He says, Old crosses fit the shoulder, but let a new cross be laid upon us and we writhe under it. Suffering is the vocation of a Christian. But most of us come short of our high calling. This morning, when you come out of the pit, you're going to be back, hey, you're going to be back on the dusty trail. You don't come out of the pit back into the garden. You come back into the pit and it's, life's still going on. Difficult circumstances are still out there. Hardships are still out there. That's why I think, like I said, these preachers and people and Christians that tell you your Christian life will be a bed of roses as long as you give us X amount of dollars a month, they're liars. It's going to be hard. First, spend time with God. 
Seek his will for your life. Seek his word in your life. Let him show you his way out of your pit. But when you get out, don't resist your yoke. You ever tried to train, at least train a dog? You put that leash on a dog, man, and they just, I mean, it's kind of like one of your kids. They just lay and roll and, I mean, just sit, kind of like dealing with a mule. That's how my dog was. He's like a mule. He just sat down. You want me to move, you're going to have to drag me. Well, he didn't realize I was a lot bigger than he was then. He's catching up on me now. Don't resist your yoke. I want out of the pit. Show me your will. Show me your way, Lord. And then he does. We don't like the yoke he's given. What have I gotten myself into? Don't resist your yoke. And don't resist your cross. Where it says old crosses fit the shoulder. In other words, you carry a burden long enough, you kind of get used to it. Ah, this is my old, my old burden I'm carrying. But you get out of the pit sometimes and God's calling and your walk and your life changes. It feels as if a new cross has been laid upon us. You don't really, it's not really worn to you. Maybe a little heavier, maybe a little awkward. Don't resist your yoke. Don't resist your cross. And don't resist your calling. Don't resist your calling. God's way out of that pit, whatever pit is in your life, God's way out usually comes with you going and doing something for Him. Him giving you a purpose, Him giving you a calling, Him giving you something to do to serve Him, uplift His kingdom. Don't resist, don't resist His calling after He's pulled you out of the pit. If you want to have joy and say, Lord, thank you for putting the new song in my, my mouth. Thank you for, for giving me the praise in my heart. I want people to see it. I want people to know it. When he gets you out of the pit, don't resist your yoke. Don't resist your cross. And don't resist your calling. Because he's got a purpose. Praise God he's delivered us. But I heard a preacher say at a youth camp one, one time, it struck my heart and I've never been able to let it go. He said, I don't want the only thing I've ever done for God was be saved. I don't want to go to my grave and the only thing I've ever done is be saved. There's so much more to the Christian life. There's so much more. You've not even scratched the surface if you've just been saved, which it's a glorious thing. But there's so much more to the Christian life. So don't resist these things. And I wonder if someone, if you don't mind getting a song. I want to open up the, the altar for prayer this morning. I don't know if this has helped you, but it's helped me. To remember and look back and say, Lord, maybe yet again, here I am. I need you to pull me out of this pit. I remember a dear lady, first church we pastored, she came to church and she was kind of the, the glue that held things together. She came in and prayer request, she always had someone's salvation on her heart. She always had a family member that was kind of falling to the wayside. She always had someone else on her heart when it come time for prayer.
And one morning, she said, I want you to pray for me. She said, I wake up every morning with a song on my heart. She said, I woke up a couple days this week. Nothing. Nothing. And you could see how it tore her up. I wonder how long it's been for you since you've had a song in your heart. I wonder how long it's been since you woke up. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. I can't sing, but man, I got a song in my heart today. I wonder how long it's been. She said, pray for me. I get a new song that God would deal with me once again. This morning as they play, I wonder individually if you need a new song. Maybe in your home, you need a new song. Maybe as a church, we need a new song. This altar is open.